the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're so glad to have you tuning your heart to the truth this morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quipido and Johnny Abair. Good morning, guys. Good March morning. 1st. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Did you say March 1st? How did yep, we get here? March 1st. Go, go <laughs> march around the room, Johnny, before you pray. That's, yeah, that's exactly. We need to be on the march, you know. The world has March Madness, and we have hopefully uh, March Humility kind of stepping in here just one week into Lent. Let's hope, you know, we're on our way. We're marching toward the Lord. So if we, and if we're going to do that, we got to start with prayer. So let's do that and call upon St. David of Wales, our saint of the day, to also pray with us. And so we do, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, O God, in your goodness, have mercy on each of us this Lenten season. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and cleanse me of my sin. My sacrifice to you is a contrite and humble spirit, which I trust you will not spurn. I ask only, Lord, that you create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me so that I may be a sign of your divine goodness and praise your name forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And of course, that's Psalm 51, which you will hear if we go to Mass today. So, great things. Most definitely. Well, we're looking forward to today's show. Our Saint of the Day is St. David of Wales. We will learn more about him later on. But Johnny joins us, of course, with a wonderful gospel reflection. Stay tuned for that. It's coming up in six minutes. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. Peter is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald. The Clarion Herald is the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today he joins us to give us an update of what you're going to be finding in this week's issue. In 35 minutes, Dina Dow joins us in the Baton Rouge studio. Dina is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today she has a wonderful topic called, uh, well, she's going to be discussing evangelization, evangeli- evangelizing through prayer during Lent, inviting others to pray and reconciliation. So a perfect time to talk about this, especially as we are into the season of Lent. And in 48 minutes, Father Tat joins Alicia in the Baton Rouge studio. Father Tat is a pastor over at St. Jared Magella Church in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about the upcoming gala called Messengers of Hope. So looking forward to a great show today. And Alicia, looking forward to some wonderful weather. 
Yes, our temperatures will continue to be well above normal with humidity, so, so, so some humid conditions, but no rain is expected, at least for today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, so tonight, it'll still be unseasonably warm with a bit more humidity this evening. The highs will be in the upper 60s to lower 70s. Now this morning, as you travel into work and school, do use care. In most of our listening area, there are areas of patchy fog. Uh, so just, I didn't experience it this morning, but the National Weather Service says that uh, pretty much throughout our whole listening area, there are areas of patchy fog. So uh, temperatures in the area in Baton Rouge this morning, it is 74 degrees. New Orleans and Gulfport, Mississippi are experiencing 73 degrees. Ponchatoula, 72. And in Biloxi, the cool spot, 70 degrees. So uh, do use caution as you go in this morning, just in case you experience some of that patchy fog. And also stick around, you'll have our daily gospel, and we'll get to hear Johnny's reflection on the gospel. It's five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Wednesday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 11. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the Queen of the South will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and there is something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will rise with this generation and condemn it, because at the preaching of Jonah they repented, and there is something greater than Jonah here. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Thank you. So uh, I do. We all hope that your Lent is going well so far in this first week. And there's a lot in the gospel today. I think to help us on our Lent journey. And you know, as we just heard, the discourse today is between uh, it's taking place where a group of religious leaders are asking Jesus for some kind of a sign to know that He is who He says He is. So it kind of made me thinking of these signs, this uh, old song from the 70s called uh, Signs. It was a song by a five-man electrical band. And the words, you may remember, it goes, signs, signs, everywhere a sign, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. You, you guys remember, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know <laughs> that. Gabby may not remember. We're just going to say we're too young. <laughs> Dina, okay, Dina's shaking her head too. She doesn't know. I don't know <laughs> Johnny, you just had a big don't, birthday. We're just going to go with it. You're just holding it go. That goes right, right, right. It says uh, it goes. It says, "Don't do this. Don't do that. Can't you read the signs?" Anyway, so I find it amusing because it does, it does describe the Pharisees in the gospel today. They had put up so many rules and laws and specifications, you know, about how to please God that they don't see when the God, uh, the Lord God, standing right before them. You know, and in fact, the song goes on to say. And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people no, need not apply, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I'm glad Jesus didn't let that sign stop him because it probably describes him. <laughs> so anyway, I, I do wonder, though, if Jesus was not only just disappointed, but had to be slightly amused when these leaders were asking for a sign. 
and uh, you know, and with all these miracles and healings that had already happened, but he refers them to Jonah and to the Queen of Sheba because these were really well-known stories that they knew about this prophet Jonah and this king, King Solomon, that was ministering to non-Jews, to Gentiles, who accepted God's messengers after hearing them. And so you kind of put it this way: you know, if these non-Jews of the past from foreign lands saw signs and wonders, and knew the kingdom of God was upon them, how is it possible that these learned scholars of the Torah in Jerusalem can't even see it right in front of them? But lest we be harsh, judged too harshly, we're to come back to ourselves and our culture in a second, you know. But Jesus is actually showing them some patience because he's using Jonah specifically. If you think about this, how Jonah is going to prefigure Jesus, and Jesus is hoping they'll remember this when he rises from the dead. Because here's the deal. We know with, with Jonah, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, we read, while Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Jonah was given a message from God to proclaim to, the, to Nineveh, but Jesus is the message. And of course, remember, Jonah was thrown overboard by those thinking he was cursed and swallowed by a whale for three days and thrown back onto the land. It took him three days to walk through the whole city of Nineveh, giving them the warning. And of course, we all know that in an even more dramatic way, Jesus was killed by those thinking he was cursed and even blasphemous for saying he'd rebuild the temple in three days. And while Jonah merely survived, Jesus rose from the dead to walk the land again and ascended to heaven on the third day. So all that he hopefully will remember. So that does bring us to today. You know, here are we now with all these, with the gospel stories, with the miracles, with the healings, and so many other signs today to, to help us to know that he is who he says he is. But so what signs are there in addition to that today that show us that we can use and point to as though he is the way, the truth, and the life? And I found it kind of amusing a little bit. I was looking back on some church signs. You know, when you're driving down the road and you'll see a sign on a billboard in front of a church and everything. And uh, here's a few. Some some of them were effective. I'll let you kind of judge. So the one I saw says, it says, having trouble sleeping? Try one of our sermons. It's like, well, <laughs> I thought, well, that's not going to draw too many people, yeah. I don't think, you know. And then I saw this one, uh, keep using my name in vain. I'll just make rush hour longer. You know, so ooh. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if fear is going to work either. Uh, and then I saw what it says, when life gives you more than you can stand, kneel. I was like, OK, uh, that's getting me coming. You know, but, you know, coming back to that song, Signs, it ends this way. Uh, he, the guy that sings, he finally finds a sign that he's attracted to. And it says, everybody's welcome. Come on in, kneel down and pray. Oh, okay, he says, uh, that's a better sign. And uh, so I was thinking about this and thinking about that, you know, this week in Lent, about these signs, that the most powerful sign today, better than a billboard, better than a slogan, is you and I in prayer. Mm -hmm. You and I in prayer, stamped and sealed with the sacraments. Let's start with this, making the great sign, the sign of the cross, upon our bodies as we lead and end our prayer is more powerful than a loudspeaker. And rooted in prayer, there is no greater proof, no greater sign of the presence of Jesus in the world than putting that faith into action with the love and the hope that we share with others, our modern Gentile brothers and sisters, you know. So we put it this way, the modern Pharisee will tell us, say, hey, show us a sign. 
and we can point to the Gospels, to the lives of the saints, and we should. Modern miracles, Eucharistic miracles, apparitions. There's so many things. Holy objects like the Tilma or the Shroud of Turin. We can point to conscience. We can point to biology, to nature, the Big Bang, all these things, so on. But again, the greatest sign of the truth of the gospel is you and I living out our faith, loving the unloved, sharing the wisdom of God, giving hope to those who have none, and pointing always, not to ourselves, but to Christ as the source of all that's good, holy, true, and beautiful. And Dina, I know you're going to be sharing more on this later. We're looking forward to that. Your thoughts on a sign as we have a minute or two left. Yeah, Johnny read my notes in my brain. <laughs> no, that's really true because, uh, you know, the proclamation comes from our love, which we're going to talk a little bit about through prayer. But it's so true, you know, people demand a sign. And so the sign is that, you know, Jesus loves you. He suffered, died, and rose for you. And, and I'm here to, to share that with you in prayer and joy. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, you bet. Stay with us. Peter Finney's going to join us next to tell us what is in this week's issue of the Clarion Herald. It's quarter past the hour on Wake Up. You're listening to The Truth. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 1st. Today we celebrate Saint David of Wales. David is perhaps the most famous of British saints and definitely the only canonized saint from Wales. Details about his life are sketchy. He was born around the year 520 and became a priest. He founded many monasteries, the most famous one in southwestern Wales. Life for David and his fellow monks was difficult. They engaged in manual labor, worked in silence, and limited their food to bread, vegetables, and water. David earned the nickname Aquaticus as the leader of monks who drank water rather than beer or wine. At a religious synod held when David was about 30, he proved to be such an eloquent speaker that he was elected bishop. The new bishop was little different from the priest monk. He continued his austere, simple lifestyle. He became a spiritual guide to many and ruled his diocese until he reached a very old age. His last words to his monks and his people were, Be joyful, brothers and sisters. Keep your faith and do the little things that you have seen and heard with me. David died around 589. Before the Reformation, many Welsh churches were dedicated to him. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And it's 18 past the hour. We do thank you for tuning into the truth. We're so glad to walk with you together during this Lenten journey. And of course, uh, we always hear about what other people are doing around the uh, area. We're always tuned. We like to turn to Peter Finney. He's the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Johnny. How are you? I'm fantastic. In fact, I, I, uh, I'm excited about our first article you have because uh, I'm involved in RCA over here. And uh, I was checking the website last week, and the numbers are pretty exciting in terms of uh, the number of uh, people that are entering the church. So give us an update on that article, on this exciting movement as we move toward Easter. Yeah, Johnny, it really is exciting. There, there will be 296 uh, men, women, and children 
entering uh, full communion with the Catholic Church, and it mostly will be done at the Easter Vigil at their respective parishes. So uh, what the Archdiocese does, and other dioceses as well, they hold what's called a rite of election, where uh, uh, the, the, the people who are preparing uh, to enter the, into full communion with the Church come to meet the bishop and, and, and to get his blessing. And Archbishop Amen really encouraged uh, those that he met at St. Dominic Church, uh, really for the South Shore people, and on the North Shore, uh, he had it the next night on Monday night at Most Holy Trinity Church in Covington, and just encouraged them to continue with their preparations and their prayer uh, during the 40 days of Lent and at the Holy and on Holy Saturday at the Easter Vigil. They will be welcomed. Uh, uh, some will be baptized. Some, some are already baptized, but there'll be baptism and confirmation, and of course they'll receive the Eucharist for the first time. So it, uh, the Archbishop said it's really an exciting time, uh, not only for them but for the entire Archdiocese. Yeah, yeah, I know everyone is trying to increase their prayer life down. I, I just encourage everyone to include these in your prayers. In fact, I found these statistics kind of interesting. And I know we've added a few more since then, but there were 137 catechumens, and of course those who are to be baptized, they're unbaptized, and about 158 or so candidates who are receiving the other sacraments. And I saw this too, that uh, the South Shore had about 220 uh, come in and about 75 from the North Shore. So this represents something like like, like 57, 58 parishes, something like that. So it's pretty widespread right. in the, yeah, we're, we're glad to be a part of that evangelization effort. So keep them in your thoughts and prayers, everyone. Well, Absolutely. Peter, um, I, did, I did not know that our young student theologians had game. So what's the deal on this story of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Boy, well, it's, 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 it was a basketball story, but much more than a basketball story. There's a seminary, uh, a national seminary basketball tournament. All seminaries are invited and uh, to Chicago for this, this major seminary and basketball uh, championship. And St. Joseph uh, Seminary uh, and College, uh, they, they won the national championship uh, in late January, and uh, they won it by winning, I think, five or six games. And uh, the, the star of the the star of the uh, of the show really was uh, Carter Domang from Lafayette. Carter Domang played four years at St. Thomas More High School in Lafayette, and uh, they uh, St. Thomas More won the state championship every year that he played. Oh. And he also he was a walk a preferred walk on at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette, and he, uh, he he didn't play much as a freshman, but he a, a really good player, a great point guard. He felt a stirring to come, uh, it, maybe discern the priesthood, so he entered St. Joseph's Abbey, uh, the Seminary College, uh, uh, just just this year. Great basketball player, and they decided to get let's get a team together. And Carter Demang really was the difference. He was he was like a, wow, a, a he's man a among boys. He's <laughs> yeah, ain't a really ringer championship. <laughs> but oh, but wow. uh, the real story was that the, the the ten the ten guys the ten players uh, they they chose. Uh, uh, a young uh, seminarian uh, called Zach Jolly, and he's from Texas. Zach was born four months premature, uh, one pound, five ounces, one ounce less than a, than a, than a fully inflated basketball uh, at birth. And he had all kind of medical problems, certainly six months on oxygen. It affected his eyes. Uh, so he's blind in one eye and, and can, can, can see a little bit out of the right of, of the other eye. Uh, but he was like the cheerleader, the unofficial cheerleader. He led the he led the team around in the snow in Chicago uh, with his with his cane, and and they they took care of him. And he was the cheerleader wow. on the bench. 
and just it's a very stirring story about not only the basketball, but he's talking about his love, for, you know, for for God and how God has taken him through so many challenges, and uh, really uh, just a heartwarming story. So, uh, oh, got a lot, yeah, of, uh, got a lot of things to it. You bet. I mean, that's that speaks so uh, widely of the beauty of life and the preciousness and, and uh, of life. That, that's yeah. a fan. That's probably the best part of the story. Well, that's that's <laughs> wonderful. And speaking of speaking of signs, we've been talking about that in our gospel today about Jesus and the signs that the. Uh, but there's a, there's kind of a sign going up in Algiers, kind of sort. Of. Tell us about that story. Yes, uh, St. Andrew the Apostle Church in Algiers. Uh, they, when the church was built originally, it was built kind of as many churches in, in the 60s were built, uh, like as a gymnasium. So really kind of nondescript, you know, not, not much to see visually from the outside. Uh, Father John, uh, Father John Talamo, uh, when he became pastor there, said, "Listen, we, we want to embark on a multi-phase kind of redevelopment of the, of the church, the interior, uh, the the outside, and also the, the land, just to create uh, more of a, a sense for his parishioners uh, of the sacred." And so uh, they went through a lot of phases, and then phase three has now been completed. It's the installation of a 36-foot. Uh, tall steeple atop the church, and just last Sunday, uh, or Saturday, excuse me, Archbishop Amen blessed the steeple, which is visible obviously from from you know far, far away, and he talked about that being a beacon, kind of a, a sacred sign of the church, and the parishioners talked a lot about how how beautiful, especially in the last ten twelve years, that the the church uh, has become uh, with with all these things that they have done, and, to, and not just that, but they've increased their ministries uh, at St Andrew, and uh, so it's just a very warm, uh, a warm blessing and a chance to really celebrate ministry that was kind of put together by the parishioners. Yeah, I bet you'll be able to see that well from the river, right? People going up and down the river, kind of see that sign. That'd be kind of, that's going to, that's going to be, yeah, pretty neat. It's nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, speaking of, uh, uh, St. Joseph altars, uh, we're talking about, about science things. Um, uh, talk about your, your, about this time of year is, uh, you provide some information for us. Yeah. Yes. With the March, with the March 4th issue, uh, we, 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 we put all the St. Joseph altars in this issue because uh, obviously March 18th is St. Joseph, uh, St. Joseph feast day, but we have pretty much every, uh, St. Joseph altar that is uh, being erected in the archdiocese. And so uh, it's a big list, a two-page list, so people can, wow. can check out where, where they can go. And very, very effective. And uh, so uh, if, you, if you just want to find out where to go uh, on St. Joseph's Day and, and beyond, you know, just go and uh, check out that list. Has that been growing? I mean, the, over the years, what what the, kind of the numbers? What what's it look like to you, from what you remember? It's, you know, I, I tell you, just, just glancing at the list, there's probably, I would say, Four dozen, four dozen parishes that that erect also. I mean, that's that's almost fifty parishes. Which, you know, it, it's wow. always it's always a two page list. So it's I would say it's been certainly uh, it's, it's certainly very uh, stable, and I think maybe even growing a little bit, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd go from each one to one, but one, but I'd break my Lenten fast really, really. Anyway, my <laughs> my non-sweet <laughs> commitment pretty darn quick. But uh, 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 there's an anniversary, a great anniversary coming up. Tell us about this one. Oh yeah, not many people in the archdiocese. If you said, "What is the second oldest parish in the archdiocese of New Orleans?" A lot of people would not know the answer, and the answer is 
St. Charles Borromeo in Destrehan, it was established essentially in 1723. So they are celebrating in November their 300th anniversary, uh, and it's uh, it's a great story about uh, the, the 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 parish was initially on the west side of the Mississippi River. Uh, it was it was really kind of established for the German settlers, and it was called uh, the, the German Coast, uh, and you know 25 miles upriver from New Orleans. And uh, but they're going to celebrate their their tricentennial mass on November the fourth. And just a beautiful history. And not many people know that St. Charles Borromeo is 300 years old. Uh, 300 years. I just, wow. Wow. That's just a fantastic, so much history. That's, that's, that is to be celebrated. That, that's, we're, we're looking at, uh, in Abita here, we're looking at 100 years. I'm going with 300, man. So, uh, so anyway, so we're on, we're in our second week of Lent already. People like myself struggling with the whole, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, adhere on Fridays to meet to uh, being to abstain, and, but you got some help for us in this issue. <laughs> looks like, yes. right? Well, we do every year. We do a, a Lenten kind of uh, a seafood and meatless recipe section, and uh, Christine Bordelon did a really nice story on something called the Feast of the Seven Fishes, or it's also called La Vigilia, which kind of originated in Italy. Uh, from the, you can understand why. And uh, it was Christmas Eve uh, where uh, families would get together after midnight mass, and, and the first meal they would have would be a, a Feast of the Seven Fishes. It would be all seafood. And, uh, and so uh, that, that's what uh, this tradition still lives and uh, it's done, you know, in many places in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And uh, they, they, a restaurant uh, called Gianna uh, put on a, a Feast of the Seven Fishes, uh, you know, dinner just to kind of show people. And there's, a, there's several recipes from the restaurant, you oh. know, that people might want to try. It's, uh, so it's, uh, it, it's really good. Awesome. Great, and, and as you know, St. Pa- uh, Patrick's Day, which is March 17th, and it falls on a Friday this year, Archbishop Amon has oh, given a true. dispensation to allow Catholics to eat uh, to eat meat on, on St. Patrick's Day. And he, he says, oh, please use that another day to... Yes. Fantastic, Peter. Thank you so much. Well, make sure everyone you pick Thank up you. your copy of the Clarion Herald. Yeah, you bet. And we've been talking about prayer during Lent. And Dina Dow, who is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis with the Diocese of Baton Rouge, is going to join us next. So you've tuned in to the truth, tuned your heart there. So stay with us at half past the hour on Wake Up. listening to wake up you're tuning your heart to the truth this morning thanks so much for being with us i'm gabby smith and joined by dina dow today dina is the director of evangelization and catechesis for the diocese of baton rouge good morning dina thank you so much for being with us hey gabby good morning great to see you from a distance but it's good to see your face yeah it's good to see you and i don't know how your lint is going but mine has been going Pretty good. So, but of course, it's never too late to start. And you have such a wonderful topic today. So tell us a little bit about what you will be discussing. Yeah, you know, whenever uh, we talk on Mondays or the day before this interview, and you're like, Dina, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, Lord, what do you want us (laughs) to talk about? And I've been preparing for a talk I'm giving um, tomorrow night in Immaculate Conception Church in Denham, a prayer, a talk on silence, which is hilarious, (laughs) because why are you talking about silence? (laughs) You could just be in silence. But what I learned from that is that uh, through our silence and our prayer, 
we are coming more attuned and growing in our relationship with Jesus. But from there, we move out into the world, right? So we don't keep all of that intimacy in our relationship with Jesus with us, to us. We go out into the world and we evangelize. And so the more that we are in silence, the more that we are in prayer, whether that's in adoration or petition or thanksgiving, intercession, glory and praise, those moments are opportunities for us to not only strengthen our relationship with our Lord, but also to move out into the world and strengthen our relationship and our community with our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and those who do not know the Lord. So there's a strengthening in our prayer. And then I was also inspired by um, Ascension Presents has a video from Father Mark Mary, who's a, a, a friar of the Franciscans of the Renewal. And his latest video is called um, Being an Instrument of Reconciliation, This Lent. And I thought, oh, I've, you know, we always think about going to reconciliation, right? But we don't talk about being instruments of reconciliation. So that's kind of the things that we were, you know, I was thinking about as we were preparing for today. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and there are so many things that we could do during Lent or give up during Lent. I don't know about you, but I like doing something a little bit extra. And this year I've really been focusing, or this Lent, been focusing on fasting and really trying to keep hold to my fast on Fridays. And when I feel hungry, which is every five minutes on Friday, (laughs) it so seems, I offer up a prayer um, and really trying to focus on that. What can we do? Because we know Ash Wednesday, we see there's a sign on our forehead. When we go out, we have the ashes. Everyone can see that. Um, But what can we do maybe today to start off if our Lent isn't really going that great or we don't really have an idea of what we're doing for Lent so far, but we want to do something, any ideas of what we can do, maybe start out something small. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. Start out small. You know, we have these really big, grandioso ideas of what we're going to do for Lent. We've got our stack of resources, and we have our plan, you know, game plan. But start little by little to build up to change the habits, which mm-hmm. lead us closer to the Lord. You know, you're talking about fasting. When we fast, you know, the Lord says, don't let anybody, you know, see you fasting. And, you know, so it's, you know, get dressed and, you know, look alive. But when we fast, (laughs) we we feel the pain of something. Fasting is not only for our interior conversion. It's for our awareness of the other people and the poverty around us and the hunger around us and those that are starving for Jesus Christ. And so how do our fast and how is that awareness of that the we are hungry in this this moment how are we fulfilled more so than just the sustenance of food but the mm-hmm. opportunity that the lord fills us completely and then what other people around us that we know that are seeking to satisfy their desires right. what are they seeking and then how can we bring that so an openness and awareness of others that are that are within and sometimes literally gabby it's the people at our kitchen table Mm-hmm. It's our neighbors, it's people that we work with, it's people that we go to school with, it's people that we serve each and every day. And so to start out little, you know, and fast, they've never fasted before, the opportunity to be able to say, okay, I'm going to fast, you know, on such and such a day, it doesn't have to be a Friday, it could be a Friday, from something, you know, food, sometimes right. people can't fast from food. 
but from mm-hmm. something. Like I'm, I'm fasting from social media platform. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's not a great fast, but it is a fast because it was distracting me from my husband every night when I'd go home and just kind of flip through social media. I'm like, oh, you're sitting over there and I'm here and we're not talking. You know? And I was like, sorry about that. So that's really created a great opportunity for us to do something else besides that, to focus on the other and focus on our love of the Lord and then sharing that love with other people. Prayer is the same thing too. You know, and the thing about prayer is that during Lent, if you pray for, if you pick 40 people for the next 40 days or plus, Mm -hmm. and you pray for what one person the entire day, like that person, you may send them just a little note saying, hey, I'm thinking about you, you're in my heart today, and you pray for that person all day long. Even praying for, you know, the Lord says, keep your enemies, like pray for your enemies. You know, so people that you not necessarily get along with aggravate you, you know, the thorns in your side sort of people. Of course, we don't have thorns in our side, (laughs) (laughs) but that opportunity does come up, you know. So how do we learn to grow through that? I had a friend of mine that literally prayed for a family member that they just did not get along. Mm -hmm. By the end of the uh, Lenten season, her heart had changed. So prayer doesn't necessarily like we we wait, you know, for like the Lord to do something for us. Mm -hmm. We're asking for a change because he transforms us in our prayers. And that transformation is so recognized by people that are are around us. And also, too, it helps us respond in such a way that it's gearing people and showing people the love of Jesus Christ. So my hearts change and then my attitude changes and my movement of love changes to be more open and expressive to other people. I love so, how you, you know, talked about the. Di- I love how you talked about the different ways of fasting. A lot of people do fast on social media. I think that's a great way because a lot of anger stems from social media, especially on certain <laughs> days. So I think that's perfect. And and also getting us to connect with either our spouse, our family members during a certain time, or even uh, distracting us through our prayer life. So I think that's a really good one um, as well. Let's talk about reconciliation. Mm-hmm. This can be such a scary thing for people. A lot of um, people who haven't gone to reconciliation in a few years, a few months. Um, and maybe this is the time to, to go and do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I co- completely understand. And and serving in our position in the diocese, I know a lot of priests. And so you're like, I don't want to go to the f- priest. You know, <laughs> you, you kind of get caught up in the, in the humanity of it. But the reality is that our priests are there in the person of Jesus Christ, ordained to the ministry of reconciliation so that they, through their prayers and through their ordination, through their love of Christ and acting in the person of Jesus, that we are really through them, through Jesus Christ, just being there and receiving the Lord's uh, graces through reconciliation. And I guess I've kind of always thought about it this way in my own little mind. And it's not a church teaching, but it is a Dina (laughs) thought. You know, basically, I'd, I'd rather have the opportunity to experience reconciliation and receive the Lord's graces now, now in this lifetime, so that when when my eyes close and enter into eternity, that I can look at the Lord in His eyes with a gaze of love and gratitude and have nothing to regret, right? Wow. Nothing to regret. And so I have found that reconciliation through the years Every time I go, uh, it's just a deeper level of gratitude, of, of remorse, of that I, I don't want to commit those sins again, and it's a struggle every day. But mm-hmm. if there's something weighing heavy on your heart, on somebody's heart that's listening, or somebody that you know that you'd like to invite to reconciliation, to help them experience and understand the mercy that they've been given in this life, 
and the opportunity for them to know the invitation of Jesus Christ to receive that healing that comes through the sacrament of reconciliation because that's the heart of it through sin you know we suffer we struggle we're wounded but through the right. gifts and the grace of reconciliation we come to know our Lord Jesus and you know he frees us from our sins and also heals the woundedness of those sins so that we can continue to be missionary disciples of him I love that. And also asking our Lord, maybe for Lent, you know, show me what you would like for me to do yeah. during the rest of Lent because we are into it. So thank you so much, Dina, for these wonderful resources and tips and examples that we can use to go out and evangelize. Dina Dow, Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you do in the diocese? DIOBR.org. And we do have Lenten resources online. Thanks so much, Perfect. Gabby. Thank you so much, Dina, for joining us. Well, when we come back from the break, Father Tat joins Alicia in the Baton Rouge studio. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. It's 12 minutes before the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. We're so happy you joined us this morning. Say, make sure that you save the date for our on-air pledge drive. That is coming up next week in just a few days, Monday, March 6th through Friday, March 10th. We are not interrupting any of our regular programming, so you'll still hear your favorite shows like Wake Up. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo, and there are so many. But you'll hear special messages uh, from friends of Catholic Radio, like a friend that's joining me this morning. Father Tat is with us this morning. He is the pastor of St. Jared Magella Parish in Baton Rouge. Good morning, Father Tat. Good morning. I feel I'm, like I have like, like like old friend now. You are old friend. You're a famous old friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> He got his start right here on Wake Up. There you go. <laughs> My voice still breaking now. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to have you with us. And I know you have a great event coming up. But before we start talking about uh, the Messengers of Hope, tell us what's going on in St. Jared Parish. Oh, boy. <laughs> People see me. They said, even Father Cleo, I say, how you doing? I say, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, no, it's a lot of a lot of things going on. The feeding the poor. We added even one more day. I mean, every wow. Tuesday and Thursday, and now Wednesday, and each day we we give out like about 360 boxes My of food. What does that mean? We still have a lot of poor people around that mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and um, so. And then we have another exciting thing. I don't know you if you check our Facebook uh, called Say Ministry, Spiritual Academic Youth Ministry, which is what we uh, try to help our young students from our school to improve their reading, writing, math, and spiritual moral values. Wow. Um, and so I just shared with uh, Dina Dow here, and we need help. We need uh, <laughs> even a professional director in this area in terms of mm-hmm. youth, young adult evangelization uh, information. So it's pretty exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very exciting. So school's well. Do you have uh, lots of kids enrolled in school? And we have 220 uh, awesome. some students. We we aim for more next yes. year, maybe 240. And uh, RCIC is still going, and we have uh, quite a few students. That's awesome. Uh, uh, We'll be uh, baptized, confirmed this Easter, and then uh, RCIA as well. And uh, 
just talked to my uh, religion teacher that she's she's so amazing in terms of teaching them how to uh, believe in God and know mm-hmm. God and have God in their life. I want to have even more First Communion and all That's that. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. So I think it's going on very well. Franciscan High School next door, they go to our church and we pray together nice. at the same church at the same time. So one day you will see the whole church on Friday at 9 a.m. with a lot of music and praising and beautiful and uh, the word of god that's mm-hmm. beautiful if you want to learn more about uh redemptress saint jared's school there is a lovely video on your website that website is rsgbr.org uh, uh, there's just a beautiful video with interviews from some children uh, from fa- faculty members and of course from famous father tat uh, that just gives you a little glimpse into what it's like to be a student at redemptress saint jared beautiful video so so there are a lot you have a a, a lot of um children in your school that that need some extra extra help as you mentioned through your say program but also financial assistance for their tuition yes and so you have an event coming up so yes, tell we us have about- a second gala fundraising uh dinner at white oak uh where uh, chef john falls very generously uh host this and he sponsored this um uh, so he give us a a free a free deal <laughs> the only thing he said that uh, uh, you have to bring people in there you go <laughs> I will cook for them but you have to bring them in and so that is the uh, the challenge and so I like to uh, invite you know any uh, fans right. uh, any and friends of Redemptors and Jared alumni to come and uh, and uh, celebrate with us we have a lot that's a lot right. to celebrate. That's right. That's right. So last year was the first annual that's right. uh, Messengers of Hope Gala, and, and it went pretty well. You had a nice crowd there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. wonderful. Can you share with us how much you made at that event? About 112, I think. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that money goes towards? To the school. To the school. All yeah, to the school. All the school. I know that the church needs a lot of money, but uh, I believe that these this kids or these students, they are not just children of God, they are precious children of God. Oh, and they yes. under, at least my care as a pastor, and uh, this is the treasure box mm-hmm. in, in our church. And um, I have to do whatever I can to uh, to serve them. Wow. And uh, and they, they doing, they're doing pretty, pretty good. That's awesome, that's awesome. Okay, so Messengers of Hate, Hope, it's the second annual fundraising gala. It will be on Sunday, April 2nd. Uh, there's a social that starts at 4.45 yes. until 6 p.m. and there's a silent auction. People can view the items during that time. Um, you can rub elbows with famous people like Father Tat, Chef John Fulce, and I'm sure lots of others. Uh, no, Bishop Duca has been Bishop there before. Duca. So, um, yep. And Chef John Fulce never disappoints. I'm sure just a fabulous meal mm-hmm. prepared for everyone. So tell us about ticket prices and how to get tickets and all those sure. good things. So the, each ticket is about $200. Mm-hmm. You know, you can give more if you want to, but <laughs> I know $200 could be a lot. But uh, if you think about uh, helping one child to, to improve uh, their yes. lives, I think $200 is worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great team behind this whole thing, uh, Alan Law and, uh, and a whole team behind that. <laughs> so, uh, so I guarantee you your money is goes straight into the, the school to, to help them. We wanted to expand our school in terms of uh, fixing more buildings and a uh, parking lot, playground, and everything else. 
everything now is expensive. Yes. And yes. Uh, the scholarship we receive from uh, from um, from the uh, government mm-hmm. is not enough. Oh, right. And so we need a lot more on the side to give them. Ninety nine percent of them is scholarship students, you yes. know. Uh, and so uh, we're doing that. You can buy that on uh, on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we um, our church website. So Saint Jared. MagellaChurch.org website. Okay, and that's S T Jared Magella Church. Yes, or you can call our church office two two five three five five two five five three, or you just call my number three one two seven two three nine five five eight. Okay, did you get that? That's his personal yeah. cell number. Yeah, Father Tad, it's always a pleasure to have us with you. Check out stjaredmagellachurch.org for information about Messengers of Hope Gala and, and support this beautiful school. Before we let you go, will you give us a blessing for our listeners and for those of us here? Oh, thank you. That's free from God. Loving and gracious God, we ask you to continue to bless this ministry of Catholic Community Radio here and all the speakers and all those who are involved in this, our benefactors and friends who always strive to make uh, your word and your message even uh, more widely. We ask you to bless us today and every day. Let us know more about you and uh, even help us to need you more and to have you always. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father Tad. It's wonderful to have you (laughs) with us. And you can hear a a little spot on Catholic Community Radio about Messengers of Hope with that information again so folks can make their reservation. Yeah, or Mm -hmm. check on our Facebook. You know, Facebook now is pretty easy. Just (laughs) Ting Hong or our St. Jared. Church Facebook is there. All our school Facebook, everything Wonderful. is there. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank Great. You Thank much. you so much for being here, Father Tat. Wonderful. Goodness. Wow, it's been great. great being in the middle of uh, between Dina Dow with the Diocese <laughs> of Baton and Father Tat. My day has yes. been made. Father Tat is y'all. the evangelizer. Right? Yeah. I'm glad to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it's been a great show. We're so glad that you joined us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have events here in the listening area. We will give you details about. We're talking about a survey and a study that has come out on post-pandemic tithing. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. David Dawson Jr. with the Diocese of Homotipito joins us to talk marriage and family life. And we're talking to Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.